The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. So glad that you could join us. As always, we have a great show for you today. This is a show that is going to be talking about what do we do with medicines and pharmaceuticals that we no longer need. A lot of us have been told, well, just flush it down the toilet or wash it down the sink, but in actuality, that is not working out for us. In fact, some recent studies that we'll be talking about today um, have actually shown that some of those pharmaceuticals are ending up in our fresh waterways, and it doesn't take a, a doctor or a scientist to know that we do not need to be drinking water that's contaminated with pharmaceuticals that weren't meant for our bodies. So we're going to be joined by two guests today. I'm very excited about this. We have John Waffenschmidt, who is the Vice President of Environmental Science and Community Affairs for Covanta Energy. They have a new pharmaceutical take-back program that could just be the solution for this big problem. And we also have Paul Ritter. He's a high school teacher and a coach in Pontiac, Illinois. He actually started with his students uh, a couple years ago a program called P2D2, which was a very grassroots program to deal with this issue in his neck of the woods. It spread to, I think, about five states. He's going to be joining us in a little bit to talk about what he and his students have come up with as a solution. But we'll begin with John. John, welcome to Go Green Radio. I'm so glad that you could join us. Well, it's always a pleasure. Well, you know, I have recommended the April edition of National Geographic magazine over and over again to my listeners because it was all about water. And actually, in that uh, edition of National Geographic, they did a pretty good job of explaining what's going on with pharmaceuticals in the water. But even still, a lot of our listeners aren't aware of what's going on with this problem. If you would, John, please talk to us about the studies that have been conducted in recent years about what's going on with pharmaceuticals in the water. Well, about three, four years ago, the popular press started reporting on some of the scientific information about the finding of uh, pharmaceutical drugs both in surface waters and in drinking water. And so, actually, there was uh, a number of the state regulatory agencies around the country ended up starting to look into that and saying, what should we do about this? And there was also a number of fairly interesting uh, cartoons that was in the popular press where you'd see like a um, a fish in the water on Prozac or something like that. <laughs> there was a lot of conversation about it, um, you know, both in the popular press and in regulatory circles. And that was really when I uh, started to become aware of the scope and magnitude of the problem. Then a short while after that, the main uh, environmental agency uh, actually looked at the leachate that comes out of landfills and wanted to determine whether or not that leachate contained any of these uh, drugs. And they, lo and behold, they found pharmaceuticals in the leachate 
the reason why it's an issue and the reason why the flushing down the toilet is a problem is that the treatment works, which are the sewage treatment plants that clean our water uh, that, that leaves our homes and is in our sewage system, they're not capable of removing these pharmaceuticals. That's why they end up in the water. In the case of the leachate, since that, that water then goes to a treatment works, the uh, line of movement of the pharmaceuticals into the water would continue if they merely, even if you stopped throwing it into the uh, uh, toilet and threw it into the garbage and you happen to go to a landfill, you still end up with the potential for surface water and drinking water contamination. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, it really does seem like that decades ago somebody should have said, wait a second, <laughs> you know, we know that our water treatment plants can't deal with this. Um, why in the world would they be telling people to flush it down the toilet? Are there any technologies coming online through the wastewater treatment system to deal with this? Well, probably the, the simplest way to explain um, how uh, a treatment works operates is there's all different types of uh, pollutants that could be in a sewage treatment system. And the more of those you want to capture, the more expensive the technology you would have to use. So in the case of these uh, trace materials in the water stream, it's unlikely that as a society we'll be able to afford that level of treatment. So what we're better off doing is rather than using a very expensive treatment works to try to capture uh, those drugs that are in the water, we're better off diverting them and placing them in a disposal mechanism which is less likely to result in uh, contamination of the waterways. Right, and, and in a few moments we'll be talking about the solution that Covanta Energy has got to address that very issue. But before we do, what is the EPA doing on all of this? I mean, we've heard a lot of uh, various reports that the EPA is ramping up efforts in a variety of issues. But, I mean, water is one of the most um, necessary components to human life. It seems like they would be all over this issue. Are they doing anything about it? Well, they, you know, the EPA is, is a large organization which looks into a wide variety of topics, including this one. I'll give you an example of something they did just recently uh, I know that you know the Product Stewardship Institute, uh, who's the, the people that we originally discussed the program that we were offering on a countrywide basis. Mm -hmm. They're now looking not just at what do you do at the end of the life of a pharmaceutical, they're also looking at the question is, can we reduce the amount of waste pharmaceuticals that happen? So they put on a uh, conference down in, in Philadelphia, and that conference was funded in part by the U.S. EPA. So they, the EPA is involved. They're, they're, um, you know, they play a role in an awareness standpoint, primarily for this particular issue, because the recent legislation that was passed by uh, Congress and by, with bipartisan support, I might add, and signed by the president, that legislation is directing the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, to put new rules in place to try to make it easier for uh, municipalities to run these take-back programs. 
Well, on that vein, if a municipality wants to deal with this properly, is incineration through a plant like one of your Covanta Energy from Waste plants the safest way to dispose of any pharmaceuticals that would be taken back by a municipality? Well, that certainly is my perspective, and I believe that the evidence supports that view. If you think about it, if you have a problem if you flush it, and you have a problem if you put it into the uh, landfill from getting into the water, one of the things that energy from waste plants do very efficiently is that they destroy organic molecules, which is the vast majority of the pharmaceutical product. So by putting it into our facilities with state-of-the-art combustion controls, state-of-the-art air pollution controls, the, there's no opportunity for that material to contaminate uh, water. And along the way, you know, we um, produce electricity from the uh, combustion of the material that we take into our facilities. And so it is like a little bit of a win-win there. You, you, you solve the problem of uh, the, the drugs getting into the waterway. You clearly have destroyed them, so they're not available for abuse and you made some energy uh, from the material. Well, I mean, it, it kind of befuddles me if that's the case. And I, I know I've visited your plants uh, all over the country. Why the EPA wouldn't just come out and say, if we want to handle pharmaceuticals safely, let's send them to an energy from waste facility, boom, and, and make that uh, institutionalized. What's the holdup? Well, I think, you know, right now on that particular question, the leadership is coming more from the states. So we do have a couple of the state uh, regulatory agencies that have actually done that, including the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, for example. When we offered this program, is it okay if I mention what our program is now? Absolutely. Yeah, what, what we did is, in response to this problem, working with the Product Stewardship Institute, we had some uh, webinars that we put on that, that presented a forum for dialogue on the question of what the best ultimate disposal is. So uh, there were regulatory agencies, there were environmental groups, there were presentations by the EPA, there were presentations by me, there were presentations by some other hazardous waste incineration firms um, to discuss what the best ultimate disposal was. And the net result of that, we said to the Product Stewardship Institute, we'll offer free disposal for the year of 2010 to any community that does a drug take-back program. doesn't matter where they are. We'll take care of the paperwork and we'll, we'll do the destruction of it. They're obviously responsible for running the program and transporting it to us. So we made that, you know, in a press release, uh, probably in March timetable, we made that offer throughout the United States, and the recent uh, DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, take-back program that was done uh, nationwide, I believe it was September 25th, we handled a, a large amount of that material under that program. Uh, we just had a recent review uh, inside the company about you know, the results of it and, and how the program went, 
and the company has decided that they're going to offer that same program again next year. So we're extending it for one more year. And the reason why we're doing this is quite simply, you know, these programs take a bit of work. There is some expense to it, and we're just offering our part of it, which is, you know, getting the paperwork in place and doing the destruction at our, at our facilities that are eligible to do it. And we're offering that for free to any community in the United States that wants to do it. And, and generally speaking, you know, where you have existing Covanta plants that are eligible to take this, about, about how, how much of the country could actually participate, you know, because of uh, proximity to a plant? Well, you know, in reality, if the, if the uh, municipality wanted to pay the shipping charges, I mean, it could be any place. I mean, we've had interest expressed to us from Alaska. Now, whether, you know, they went through all the process of the paperwork and ended up going to one of our plants, the, 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 the decision ends up being upon the uh, municipality to d- decide on that. One of the things that we did as part of this uh, review that we did with uh, Product Stewardship Institute, the perspective that Covanta took is we're going we're gonna to step in there as sort of providers of technical information, and we provided, you know, destruction information, you know, that occurs inside of our facilities. We provided emissions information from our facilities, and the process of that review, you know, the ultimate conclusion was, yes, going to an energy from waste plant and having it thermally destructed there works, but it also works if you went to a hazardous waste incinerator or if you went to a hospital waste incinerator. Those destruction capabilities and air pollution controls were of the same caliber as the energy from waste plants. So municipalities that uh, weren't in close proximity to us could, of course, go to uh, those facilities and make use of them. But, of course, you know, that's not under our program. You know, our program, you know, is a free program right now, and whether or not, you know, they would or wouldn't offer that same uh, benefit to a community, I, I can't say. Right. And I, I just, you know, we're going to be taking a quick commercial break in here just in a moment, but, um, but, you know, when you mention these other options, the one downside, of course, is that they do not create renewable, clean energy, which is a big, big plus of sending it to a Covanta plant. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from this quick commercial break. Folks, so don't go away. More Go Green Radio right after this. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could join us and so glad that we have the two guests that we do today. During the last segment, we were talking to John Waffenschmidt, the Vice President of Environmental Science and Community Affairs for Covanta Energy, and he was talking about a new program that they have offering any municipality in the United States the opportunity to send any pharmaceuticals collected in their area. Uh, if they decided to do a take-back program so that citizens would no longer need to flush their unwanted pharmaceuticals down the drain. Uh, If they take them back to a pharmacy or what have you in their local municipality, they could, for no cost uh, to the company, uh, to Covanta Energy, no fee, send those pharmaceuticals to Covanta to have them safely disposed of. And not only that, have them turned into clean, renewable energy at the Covanta Energy from Waste Facility nearest to them. So we'll be talking more about that program in a moment, but we are now joined by Paul Ritter. Uh, I call him Coach because he is a science teacher and coach at Pontiac High School in Pontiac, Illinois. He was the recipient. He and his co-teacher, Eric Bohm, started a program called P2D2 uh, back in 2007-2008 time frame, and in 2008, my organization, the Go Green Initiative, awarded them the Go Green School of the Year for that. So, Coach, welcome to the show. Jill, thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege. I'll tell you, i got to give a shout-out to your listening audience for, for helping make that happen in 2008. If it weren't for their, their awesome uh, uh, votes that they had given us, uh, we wouldn't have gotten that uh, recipient of the, of the Go Green Award. And it's, just, it's, it's been an honor that... Uh, uh, that's proudly displayed here at Pontiac Township High School. Well, that is awesome. And, you know, uh, a lot of our listeners may remember that you were on this program way back then in 2008, so I really should have said welcome back to the program. But, uh, you know, tell us somewhat about how the program started. I know that P2D2 had a very uh, 
exciting beginning. It started yeah. at your house. Yeah. Tell us yeah. how it started. You know, it seems like yesterday. And, and it, what happened was is we were getting ready for work. My wife's a teacher as well. Uh, and uh, we were getting ready for work, uh, going through our routine, and she opens up the medicine cabinet and she says, you know, what do we do with these things that are in our cabinet? And, you know, I knew what we had been told, you know, put it in the toilet, get rid of it, and uh, put it in the trash. And I thought, you know, this just can't can't be right. You know, I'm an ecology teacher. Uh, I got a, a degree in zoology. Uh, and I'm sitting here going, something something just didn't ring right. So it came back to the classroom and says, hey, guys, we got a project. Let's look at this and see what you think, what we can come up with. And, and during that moment of exploration, the, the week period of time uh, that went on, uh, the kids discovered so much information on some of the ill effects of pharmaceuticals getting to where they shouldn't be. And, and, and you know, the main question kept coming up, Coach, why, why isn't it that nobody listened in 2002 that the geological survey found uh, in 139 streams across America 80% of them containing pharmaceuticals. And uh, I couldn't answer that question. I said, you know, I'm not sure. But let's, let's see if we can come up with a solution. Um, during that process, I had tried to do my homework as well. And uh, we couldn't find anything that was currently going on. There was some here and there and, and uh, some different ideas. And then all of a sudden, we brought, uh, we brought the players in. The kids wanted to bring in the pharmacists and the police departments and the wastewater treatment plant manager and, and, and the mayors and, and all of the people in the communities uh, that would have some sort of stake in this. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, we said, hey, this is, this is kind of what we think. And uh, the students' messages didn't fall on deaf ears. Uh, everybody said, yeah, right on. We believe in you, and uh, we're, we're committed. We'll do this thing. So in 2007, 2008, starting in 2008, um, we got involved with the program. Didn't have any dreams that it would leave Livingston County, Illinois. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, in a very short period of time, word got out that uh, these kids were doing what people said couldn't be done. Next Describe thing you know, the program. We got what did the kids partners. set up? I know that they partnered with the police station and with others, uh, and you had billboards up around town. Tell uh, us how P2D2 worked. You know, P2D2 is a combination of working with police departments, pharmacies, municipalities, uh, and, and community members with the students carrying the torch in their hand, leading these guys. And, and, you know, students never come in contact with drugs. Kids and drugs are bad. I mean, we can lay that on the line right there. But if we set it up to where we have a standard operating procedure where police departments and pharmacies are handling the materials in a proper manner that is consistent with uh, the DEA uh, and all the rules and regulations of the states, uh, you know, you've got an opportunity here uh, for a common-sense solution to a global issue. And uh, so the kids made billboards. Uh, kids made uh, songs. We have songs. Uh, the, the, the latest one that just happened as of today, um, uh, we've got a group of students who are writing the life history of Pill Bottle, Hill, our, uh, Pill Bottle Phil, our mascot. And, uh, you know, kids uh, developed this mascot. They said, you know, Coach, we need a mascot for the program. And, and these aren't just kids of Pontiac Township High School. These are kids all around the nation uh, that are making this happen. And so very quickly, our program 
gained wings. And we didn't have a clue where it was going, but we knew it was going to soar. And, and so as this took place, um, the hard work and efforts of, of the kids and the police departments and the pharmacies and the wastewater guys, everything started to roll together in such a way that communities across the nation were reaching out and saying, hey, we want to be a part of the P2D2 network. Tell us what to do. And so basically these kids have given the tools and information to communities around the world, hey, this is how it happens, and this is what you have to do, and join us, and we can, we can take care of this stuff responsibly. Well, and what I love about this, Coach, is that, uh, you know, I'm from Illinois as well, little bitty town called Mount Vernon. It's where I-57 and I-64 cross. And when I got the first contact from your students saying, hey, we've got this program, I was immediately uh, impressed that this little bitty town in the middle of America had developed a program that was absolutely replicable. You had figured out by bringing all the stakeholder groups together and by putting everybody in the same room, you had figured out the solution to a problem that even the EPA, <laughs> to this date, still hasn't given us clear guidance on exactly what to do right. um, and how we should be yeah. dealing with this. And I love how you taught your kids a big lesson in civic engagement. Power yeah, it, to the it, people, it, it's, it's, <laughs> you know? It's just a giant... It's 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 a grassroots movement. It's a civic engagement. It's environmental activism. It's giving kids purpose to normal normal things that they do uh, in their classroom anyway. Only yeah. now, yeah. you've got this this end product that's changing people's lives. Now I've got a question for you, Coach. Uh, when you all came up with the end game, like where all of these pharmaceuticals that were recovered from the community, where they would go, it was to an incineration facility, but you didn't have a Covanta plant, a Covanta energy plant in your location. How did you come to the realization that that was the safest way to dispose of the unwanted pharmaceuticals? Okay, yeah, that's exactly right. So we're sitting there, and everybody's grabbing on to us. The governor of Illinois, Illinois Indiana Sea Grant, Illinois American Water, the EPA, Illinois EPA. Everybody's grabbing on and saying, hey, yeah, you guys are doing it. Go. And all of a sudden, you know, these new towns that were coming on, we didn't have an option of how to solve their puzzle piece. And basically what we've done is we look at each community like a piece of the puzzle, and maybe you've got to turn it to the left, turn it to the right. So we're putting together one of our, our communities, and we're sitting there saying, you don't have the option of doing this. What are you going to do? And all of a sudden, here comes Cavanta Energy. And we're sitting there going, wow, could this be, could this be that piece of the puzzle that we're missing? And, and, and sure enough, it was. And so immediately we're reaching out to these guys going, this is what we need. We need you guys. And, and, and like, like the, the, the hero that's riding in from the sunset, they helped us solve that problem. And now these communities across America, now they can take advantage of that situation by working with them too. Uh, they, I could not, I, I tell you what, I speak, I speak very adamantly about people who are doing the right thing for the right reason. And, and there is no question that Cavanta has given America uh, an opportunity to make change for their communities by getting rid of this stuff, stuff that could be contaminating our water supply, stuff that could be misused or even abused 
by people. And so now we've got this opportunity, just a simple ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure method, and these guys are, these guys are, are making it happen. So, uh, you know, if it weren't for us getting together with those guys, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, and I know John's on the phone listening as well, uh, his company uh, has done amazing things uh, for communities around the nation, and they have to be proud of that. Well, John, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that. What do you think of what Coach Ritter just said? Well, I always uh, say I haven't got evolved to the coach moniker. I call him Paul. I mean, I always feel like he's too kind. I appreciate his kind words. And, you know, we're doing this as part of our sustainability efforts, you know, and this isn't the only thing we do. We're also involved. We're trying to reduce the toxicity of the waste stream by removing uh, mercury from it. We're going to embark on a program of trying to remove cadmium from the waste stream. So this was just another program that seemed to make sense, and, you know, we're very happy to be able to offer it. Well, I think it's fantastic. I mean, the same enthusiasm that Coach Ritter has there in Pontiac, Illinois, is what I think will be replicated nationwide when other folks, A, realize what a big problem that we have with the improper and unsafe disposal of pharmaceuticals currently, and then to know that there is a ready-made solution that will cost their municipalities nothing but the shipping costs, and I think that that is really really encouraging. Paul, you know, we have about a minute before we go to a quick commercial break, but talk to our listeners for a moment. I mean, this issue of pharmaceuticals in the waterway, should this be keeping us up at night, and should we be storming the castle at City Hall across the nation for a solution? You know, we need to be proactive. End of story. And, and, and should we be storming the castle? You know what? I think we should be looking at this issue across America saying that we could possibly be on the verge uh, of one of the greatest epidemics or, or tragedies that's out there, especially if you can attribute to one pill somewhere in America being the result of someone losing their life, or one one pill or a, a volume of pills contaminating possibly our, our most precious resource, which is water. And, and, and if you go with that philosophy, then every ounce of energy that you have within you to make something happen for your community at the end, will all be worth it if you know that you prevented the needless passing or the issue of the hospital or the emergency room visit. If we just save one, it's all worth it. That's right. And you know what's great about your approach is that, you know, it's not just the uh, raising the, the flag and, and sounding the alarm You've got a solution. Real quick before we go to commercial break, give us the website address where people can find out more about P2D2. Yeah, it's www.p as in Paul, the number two, D as in dog, the number two, program.org. Everything that's been done on that website has been done by students across America. That's great. Well, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, but we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. More from Coach Ritter, who's uh, the founder of P2D2, along with his fellow teacher, Eric Bohm, and more with John Waffenschmidt, Vice President of Environmental Science and Community Affairs for Covanta Energy. Don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
news, opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today's show is all about what do we do with unwanted pharmaceuticals. And the answer is not flush it down the toilet, wash it down the sink, or throw it in the garbage. I know that's what we've been told, folks. But actually, today's show is all about the real solution, and that is to get those unwanted pharmaceuticals to an energy from waste plant. And we're talking to two people who are making that happen. Uh, the first is John Waffenschmidt. He's the Vice President of Environmental Science and Community Affairs for Covanta Energy. They are offering a free program to every municipality in the United States where if a pharmacy or a local police station or whomever in the community sponsors a take-back program where community members can bring pharmaceuticals they don't need or they don't want anymore to a collection point, they can send those pharmaceuticals to any Covanta energy plant that's eligible to incinerate and properly and safely dispose of 
those pharmaceuticals for free. And that's pretty amazing. And we're talking to Coach Paul Ritter. He's a teacher at Pontiac High School in Pontiac, Illinois. He started a program back in 2008 that I just love. You've got to check it out at www.p2d2program.org. Paul, i got to ask you, what's the last two years been like? I mean, from the moment that you and your students started this program in your classroom back in uh, the mega metropolis of Pontiac, Illinois, with population 10,000. Uh, what's happened in the last couple of years? You've expanded greatly, haven't you? Tell us about that, that journey. Jill, it's been an amazing roller coaster ride. It feels like I'm right at Six Flags just rolling them out. I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been amazing. We have seen a, a growth to where our program has expanded uh, past the borders of Livingston County, past the borders of Illinois, and now uh, we're, we're in uh, approximately one-fifth of America. We're, we have programs in states all across America. It's, it's interesting. People will call us up and say, hey, we want to become a P2D2 community. And, and we're like, yep, here you go. It's all free. Here you go. Here's the tools. And I think that's what really has been uh, the issue all along. People have not been given the tools for their community. They've had to figure it out. And so because it was not easy, um, people have said, you know, maybe we'll figure this out. But when you give people the tools to make it easy for their communities to make change, then they can do things effectively, efficiently, and get people engaged in a way that's never been done before. And so uh, it's been amazing. It's, it's interesting this summer, this last summer, uh, we, I didn't realize this until uh, my daughters Bailey and Taylor pointed it out. Uh, and they're like, Dad, you know, we've been in over 13 states this summer helping communities put together P2D2, and it didn't register with me. Well, you know, we're sitting there doing a parade in, in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, where it was just shy uh, uh, of the Shriners Convention. We had, we had people riding uh, uh, around these parades, and then we were down in Tacoa, Georgia, helping their citizens down there. Uh, and so we basically did the, the, the East Coast and West Coast tour of America uh, in two different segments and, uh, and helping people make a difference, helping their communities get engaged and, and giving them the tools to allow their students and their communities to change, uh, change their world. And, and, and so it's been a crazy thing. Uh, you know, uh, we've got so it. many great team members. You know, this is really not about one community or one group. It's Team P2D2. It's people across America working together using those common sense solutions um, in, in effective ways. And, and what I love is, I mean, your passion for this and enthusiasm for this just flies through the, the, the wires in your voice. I'm so excited that you were on the show. I know that you have to get back in the classroom, Coach, but before you go, tell us how you measure, besides... The, the number of communities that you're reaching, how do you measure the success of P2D2? I mean, what's been your environmental impact so far? Jill, obviously, as a science teacher, uh, and, and, and I have always uh, looked at data and things like that as being uh, the things that drive what we do. But if we take and throw that out of the equation and look at success from a different angle, and we've got the data of 135,000 pounds of pharmaceuticals in Illinois alone last year being destroyed uh, uh, properly, as a result of, of P2D2 and the hard work of communities across the state of Illinois. If we look at that and we say, okay, 
if one of these items saved a person's life, you know, 25% of emergency room visits attributed to abuse or misuse of pharmaceuticals, if one person at the end of the day, and, you know, we might not ever know that that happened because if we do our job correctly, then that person doesn't make it to the emergency room or doesn't make it to, God forbid, the morgue. Well, and that's a big issue that you're talking about. I mean, it's not just about the issue of pharmaceuticals ending up in the waterway. We know that there's a huge problem with medicine cabinets from mom, dad, grandma, grandpa getting raided by young kids. I mean, I know that that's a big issue for child advocates, you know, in keeping uh, pharmaceuticals and and prescriptions out of the hands of teens that it's not good for their body. I mean, so there's a lot of benefits besides just, you know, not polluting our water. There's a lot of human health benefits as well. Coach, thanks for joining us. It was a great pleasure having you on. Say hi to everybody in Pontiac for me, all right? You know what, though, Jill, before I go, I would be remiss if I I didn't give you two stories, if you don't mind. Real quick ones. One, a good friend of mine uh, and his wife um, in Chicagoland, the Katzes, uh, uh, they go through life raising their children, uh, and, and all of a sudden, not realizing they had an issue, they lose their son uh, to an Oxycontin overdose. Uh, and, and the Save a Star Foundation set up uh, for, for in memory of that to, to make, that, make that difference. And then we go across, uh, across to the East Coast, uh, my good friends, um, the Strains, Bernie and Bev Strain, uh, who were just recently on uh, 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 the uh, the evening news on NBC and, and uh, also late night with or the evening news with Katie Couric. Long and short is they lost their son not to an abuse issue, but a misuse issue. Um, uh, he burns his hand on a muffler. Uh, girlfriend's uh, mother gives him. A pill says here that you won't feel your hands. It'll it'll be better, and and some bad advice ends up losing his life. And so now we've got the abuse and we've got the misuse, and these are these are things that are happening across our land. And the the sad part about it is people go every day going, this can't happen to me. But all you got to do is open up that cabinet one time, and look and see. Wonder what this stuff is in here, and I'm, we're not we're not we're not bashing pharmaceutical companies or pharmaceuticals. They're they are a method of technology for health, you know. Sure. And so we we're not bashing that. We're just saying, hey, if we to properly take care of these things with an ounce of prevention, we could change lives. And, and at the end of the day, when we when we hang up our shoes and and, and we sit down, it's about changing lives. And Jill, Go Green Radio has changed lives, and Caventa Energy has changed lives. And I just it's just an honor and a privilege just to have been with you guys today. And thank you, thank you to your listeners. Well, thank you, Coach, and uh, we will definitely be back in touch with you. John, I have to ask, in terms of being able to turn the, the pharmaceuticals that are collected into energy, give us some idea of how much clean, renewable energy could be created uh, through these take-back programs. What's the potential? Well, if we use the, you know, a general number for our existing plants, that if we were to combust one ton of material, just the, you know, regular household waste, we put that into our facility, we're going to make 
uh, 600 kilowatt hours of electricity. And our new plants, which are, uh, you know, what, what we would offer to a new community, we're going to make about 750 kilowatt hours for each ton, which is about, you know, obviously three quarters of a megawatt hour. Now, a lot of your listeners may not know that, but, you know, they do know that they have a 100-watt bulb because they, if, in case they haven't switched over to either, you know, compact fluorescents or, better yet, LEDs, light-emitting diodes, and they're using that one, you know, 10 of those bulbs operating for one hour is one kilowatt hour. So that's just an idea of the amount of energy that we produce. Now, if we were to take pure pharmaceuticals, they'd probably be a little bit higher in BTU value than our regular waste is, but that's a good generalized way to look at it. But, you know, Jill, I would like to just make sure that that people understand how our program works, and then I just want to point out that, that I think there's an opportunity for us to make these programs even better, and I'm hoping that in the next year or so we can work on uh, getting these programs to work even better. The way it works right now, we only deal with a municipality, and that's very important to us because they're the ones that are responsible for putting together a quality program with the appropriate checks and balances that it's coming from households and they're minimizing uh, any external material being added in or any commercial material being added in because it's not, we're not offering free disposal to businesses that have pharmaceuticals. We're offering it to the people, the people in their homes. And in order for us to be able to process it, we have to have you know, a, a paperwork trail about that material. So one of the costs that we bear is we do, we do that paperwork, which is making sure that the state has a policy position that if case there's a small amount of hazardous material inside those pharmaceuticals that it's covered by the household hazardous waste exclusion. When I, even though I'm using the word hazardous, it doesn't have any bearing on how our facilities operate. But one of the problems that we have today with the structure of our laws is that unless a state grants that permission and says that this is covered by the household hazardous waste exclusion, the municipality would have to separately collect the non-hazardous pharmaceuticals and the hazardous pharmaceuticals and pay a lot more money to move that hazardous component to a hazardous waste incinerator. Now, we've actually had, as a result of our program, States that normally wouldn't grant that household hazardous waste exclusion have changed their policies as it relates to these take-back programs. I want to talk about that more, John. After we come back from a quick commercial break, I've hit a I've hit a hard stop here in the show. We need to take just a a quick time out to pay the bills and uh, take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about that piece of public policy and legislation and how you, as listeners of Go Green Radio, can impact that process. So don't go away, folks. More Go Green Radio right after this. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today's topic is truly fascinating, and I think it's really, we're getting in on the leading edge of what may be the solution um, that is embraced by our nation, hopefully the world, in keeping pharmaceuticals both out of our waterway but turning unwanted pharmaceuticals into useful, clean, renewable energy. We're on the phone, on the line today with uh, John Waffenschmidt. He's the Vice President of Environmental Science and Community Affairs for Covanta Energy. And he's been talking about a free program that they are offering to municipalities across the U.S. Not a single one has been left out that can participate in their new pharmaceutical take-back program. And when they receive those pharmaceuticals, they will turn it into renewable energy. That's what their energy from waste plants do. Now, John, you were talking about the public policy and the legislative piece that needs to take place that will allow municipalities to maximize the benefit of this program. I want you to talk about a couple things. I want you to tell us, uh, as citizens, as voters, all the listeners we have today, what kind of public policy needs to be in place. But I also want you to talk about how each and every one of us can engage in the process. My son is in eighth grade. He's studying the Constitution, and he asked me this week, you know, Mom, we were looking at a, at a photocopy of the preamble of the Constitution, and they wrote the words, we the people, like really, really big, instead of, you know, the regular font that, you know, they wrote the rest of it in. Why'd they do that? And I said, son, because it was radical then to think about the people who were being governed actually having a say in what kind of government they had. So they wrote, we the people, really big, to make sure 
that everybody understood this radical shift in uh, sort of power to the people was coming with this uh, preamble. John, talk to us as we the people about what we can do to help move legislation forward that would maximize this kind of safe disposal of pharmaceuticals that you're that you are allowing us to do. Okay, let me just I'll just finish off the uh, the point is if if we have a community and they don't have that policy coverage that allows them the so-called household hazardous waste exclusion, they have to spend extra money to have two separate uh, collection points and then to separately move the hazardous material to hazardous waste incinerator. That's basically cost to the community without any benefit because the destruction efficiency and the pollution control is the same. So when we talk about what can people do, I'm going to start off from Paul's standpoint, or as you call him, coach. One of the most important things is let's make sure that the communities are having a take-back program so that we're preventing that material from going and being flushed down the toilet and preventing it from being abused. That's the, the first thing. Let's call our town halls, our city halls, and say, hey, do you guys have a collection program going, a take-back program? We think it's a good idea. Let's do that. On the specific point that we mentioned, the, as, I, as I talked earlier in the program, the Product Stewardship Institute put, you know, was involved with assisting and getting this legislation passed, which is going to create the opportunity for waste pharmaceuticals that are controlled substances to be collected in a more efficient fashion. The, D, the Drug Enforcement Agency is going to put regulations out on that to, uh, on how that, that, is, that law will be implemented, we can do the same thing with that hazardous, household hazardous waste exclusion. It's real simple. If you do a drug take-back program, let's agree as a nation that any place in the nation that household uh, exclusion applies so the costs go down for the communities and then they can move it to our plants without having that full a processing point. That's what the. That's how the people could be helpful. Well, and I think that that's something that that you know everyday citizens, the same ones who, you know, participated in in big numbers in the midterm elections, could be doing. And so, what I'm hoping is that uh, a template of some kind. I know P2D2 is one place to start, where people could feel empowered and and feel educated enough to say, okay, mayor or County Board of Supervisors, here's the template. We want this in our community. Here's where we want to start and be actually able to actually take in um, a, a format that their municipality would feel like they didn't have to start from scratch. You know, John, what kinds of partnerships? I know that you've spoken about the Product Stewardship Institute. Uh, P2D2 is another. What kinds of partnership organizations are you looking to work with in order to make this truly a national trend? Well, in the case of uh, pharmaceuticals itself, obviously we're partnering with you because we're talking about it on your show. Uh, we're actively involved with the Product Stewardship Institute, P2D2, I met as part of this program, but there's a lot of other partnerships that are occurring around the country because if we end up having a relationship where we're going to take back that material, we're going to get the paperwork in place and receive that material from a community, there's a partnership going there. We do some work with our clients where the, some of our plants we own, some of them the client owns, and we're working with them on this program. So there's, there are countless 
partnerships that are going on, not all of which is going to make the press, but all of which are important for accomplishing our objectives. Absolutely. And I want to reemphasize to our listeners in the few seconds that we have left on the show, you know, the benefits of working with Covanta Energy for your municipality are many. Not only will you be keeping pharmaceuticals out of landfills, pharmaceuticals out of waterway, but Covanta Energy has the added benefit of creating renewable energy. Uh, we all want more green energy, and we've talked, you know, green energy, smart grip, green jobs, you know, many times on this show. Well, this is just one more way to make it happen. The benefits are many. And I would encourage you to check out Covanta's website, covantaenergy.com. Check out P2D2. And uh, most of all, don't be afraid to bring this up in your local community and see if you can't get a pharmaceutical take-back program going in your neck of the woods. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Until then, have a great week and go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.